Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs on WKYC. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Evan, we're here on WKYC. We're here in our last show, video show before the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start today's show doing some take-a-thon sims. Well, first off, and just doing. I know you hate being the center of attention, but folks, Chris is so dedicated to his craft and locked on Cavs as a whole as he's recording on his birthday. I didn't even do that this year. Granted, Chris gave me the night off on my birthday. But yeah, so Evan sent me this cursed baby Yoda Joker doll that if you're on video, you can see if you're not just, oh my God. So Evan, <laughs> I thought it was like Annabelle and it fell on its own. <laughs> uh, it's like Chucky doll. So Evan, just so you know, I've named this doll. It is named Joaquin Jack Heath Hamilmore and the Hamilmore is hyphened. That's a mouthful, but I like it. Well, do you understand why it's named that? Is that every person well, that's walking wa- phoenix okay yes jack nicholson mm-hmm. heath ledger mm-hmm. then hamill moore is mark, mark hamill, hamill the best joker the only mm-hmm. joker that i like and then alan moore because he wrote Agreed. the definitive joker story the killing joke Ooh, i'm surprised you didn't include troy baker in there somehow who succeeded mark hamill because the joker voice kills mark hamill's throat every time he does it I generally didn't know that Mark Hamill ever got succeeded, but this little curse thing was Evan's birthday gift to me. It's generally a delight. Um, the troll bit continues. I'm honestly prefer this to getting the Joker Blu-ray in the mail, which would have been... I the- thought about it, but I was just like, you know what? This is a rare opportunity. And I saw the picture of the child they used in it, and it's clearly not like naturally made it's probably from whatever hell spawn it came from but like there's a picture of like a kid cuddling it and i visualize chris i'm like 100 oh, that 100 that kid 100 is in therapy now by the way just 100 like it's seeing a therapist because of nightmares the kid's cuddling okay, it and sleeping and i visualize chris. no no more no more joker yeah. no more joker unless like joker 2 is going to sponsor them and then like we're, we'll do joker week all right, Evan, let's do some Tankathon Sims. So here's my first one. You ready? And this one, I've, I, everyone I've done today, because we did them on the, the green room thing we did for Locked On. Um, everyone I've gotten that has been, like, chaotic. And I'm not going to, like, read too much into this because it's oh, yeah. your odds. But, like, oh, yeah. Chris kept Chris kept spinning the wheel until he got something well, but he I kept wanted. Getting, like, and I pretty much told him, for those who yeah. listen, we're going to hopefully go to Vegas for the summer league. And if Chris is on the craps table, he's going to be that guy who says, no, I'll respin it. I'm, not ga- like, those I'm 100%, results 100%, 100%, 100% not know. gambling unless I see, like, someone from a publication I want to like to. Like, if I see, like, Sean Fennessy, like, there at summer league and he's, like, gambling, I'm 100% going to try and, like, small talk him at a craps table and then write that off of my taxes i'll be like hey zach low my girlfriend's part croatian let's <laughs> chat <sighs> can we talk about ante zizic croatian check yeah anyway 
the baby well, shack himself. All right, spin so the here's wheel. the first Tell one. This, we got. this is just cursed. Detroit number one. Toronto number two. That's jumping up five spots. Oh. Sacramento to three of six spots. Houston goes to four. Orlando five. Oklahoma City six. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers at number seven. Cursed. I mean, that's that's less than ideal for the Cavs, but I think Detroit getting the first pick and Cade Cunningham is a really good thing for them. I think the Pistons, I thought at least they had nowhere to go, but they are building a little something up there. Um, we talked about this in the locker room, sorry, green room, Spotify green room session. You get that right. You get that right. I will. I will. Um, Toronto getting the second pick. I don't think I'd be too upset about that. Um, did you say Orlando was third? Yeah, or, Sacramento. No, Sacramento. Sacramento being third, that's a little frustrating because they already have a lot of young players. Bagley is a bust, and you look at Luke, and now it's just you know even more frustrating what Sacramento is and isn't doing. But um, whatever, I guess De'Aaron Fox and jalen green maybe and a bunch of other young fun pieces are there and you finally get rid of buddy healed at that point because you definitely aren't going to start buddy but um i don't know could the Cavs dropping to seven is less than ideal it's like our actual locked on podcast mocks where uh we picked jalen johnson the last two weeks spoiler but i'm sure if you guys are listening and later in the week this is coming out friday i believe um we took Johnson two weeks in a row now just because outside of the top five, I think he has one of the higher upsides. It's just you have to feel comfortable with the fact that he kind of quit on his high school team his senior year. And then he it, people dragged his name to the mud when he left Duke in, to prepare for the draft. But you know what? I think he has a lot of upside. He's a really intriguing player. Do you have any concerns um, about like them um, doing something galaxy well, we brain at this th- we range? We talked about Justin Rowan about this for almost two hours. I, I do, I do a little bit. I could see them trading out of the spot entirely at that point, and maybe trying to package that pick, the seventh overall pick, with like Colin Sexton or Colin Sexton and Larry Nance Jr. to try and go big name hunting to make a desperate push to be the sixth seed, so you can avoid the playing tournament entirely. But um it seems like an exercise in futility. I think you grab the young player and you move forward and try and make some tertiary uh, margin moves in free agency. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Let's do another one here. Okay. And boom. Okay. I like this one. This one's still chaotic, but uh, I like it. Charlotte, 10 spots to number one, which would be like, kind of like Kate and LaMelo together. It's like a video game team. Um, the playmaking, the playmaking on that team, and then like the fake like Rogier and like Devonte Graham trades. So I think Devonte Graham is on RFA, but regardless, um, then Cavs at number cool. two, and this this two two is the spot that is I think most fascinating because I think you I think you will you could make takes about two it's different the guys. Toughest spot I think for Cleveland too. I, I'm a little like, I know you're very, well, we haven't exactly explicitly talked this in the show, but um, if, if they go two and they take Mobley, you would say trade Jared Allen right away. I am just not on that camp. I'm like, we'll figure this out. Be patient. Don't like trade your asset at the point where like you have no, no really leverage at that point. Correct. Like it, it's just sort of like a tricky thing. Um, I, I would I would hold on to him, but I would I, I think you, there's a case for Jalen Green too. I just think I, I'm a I I think Mobley like might be great. I get a little the the, the threshold to be a game changing big 
if you're going to get to where you want to go in the playoffs is like a little trickier. And I, I worry a little bit about that. And Green has an ups, I think, is just could just distinguish him from uh, from Mobley. See, that's what makes it so tough for me because I like Jalen Green a lot. He is everything that Kevin Porter Jr. was at his age, which I think is like 18, 19 years old. Um, we saw the on-court chemistry. I'm regurgitating all the points Justin made. If you haven't, Rowan has made, if you haven't listened to the show at all this week, folks. But um Jalen Green has like all the tools and assets KPJ. He will probably build instant familiarity and comfort with Darius Garland and some of the other key young pieces. Um, like I get the upside, but at the same time, he's too small to play the three right now. Uh, you can bring him along slowly, but then it makes the conversation even harder. Like, look, also it depends how much money the Cavs pay Colin Sexton. If he's here through this summer, if he like, they say they're paying him 18 to 20 million a year. Like you and I have heard around the league at this point. I think you can justify having him come off the bench or I don't know if you view, I don't, it, it's odd. It's, it makes odd things awkward. Cause then there's a guy like Okoro who makes a lot of sense, not offensively, but defensively he covers a lot of the lumps of the perimeter issues that the guards on Cleveland's roster have. But I'm just really intrigued by Evan Mobley. He um, reminds me a lot of Chris Bosch and um Chris Bosch in Toronto was really, really good. And then Chris Bosch in Miami, when he started playing the five was incredible. And I think he'll have a similar career trajectory where like I view him long-term Evan Mobley long-term as a five, but it just, you know, you ease him into that. And like, I know I'm on the record and saying like, yes, you should trade Jared Allen. If you draft Evan Mobley, I think there's going to be a little bit of a push from his camp, especially if he's like, listen, why would I be, playing at this position and I don't know the Cavs I'd be frustrated at least and plus you got to find some minutes because you still got Kevin Love on the roster you still got Larry Nance Jr. on the roster Isaiah Hartenstein might be back too there's only so many minutes to go around for the big guys and you take Mobley too you got to sacrifice somebody to make some room for him too and I think Allen is probably the easiest of the bunch for the Cavs to move other than Nance but I don't know it's an, that's why I say two is tough if the Cleveland if Cleveland went to three and one of Mobley or Green is off the board so much easier for the Cavs to make that decision. Then you don't have to be like, okay, it's like you're juggling both. And then I don't know if they're four. I always say um, you take Suggs and then, then you consider that as well. And then you just get really funky with it. And I'd probably have a meltdown because I feel like we might try and do a live show again for the draft. I'd have a meltdown if the Cavs took another guard. <laughs> we have not talked about this. Okay, last one here. Um, let's get a different result that is different than what we already talked about. Okay, number one, jumping four spots. You take Cade. This is the dream outcome. Doesn't matter what happens behind this, right? Like oh, you the just Cavs take Cade. And you, yeah, okay. you Cavs get one. No matter what, like happens beyond, like lower than this. I think you just take Cade and you just you 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 go home very happy. And that's like where we're at five days from now. Um, is I think you're. I I really think this will be a tone setting night. Um, in a lot of ways, and we'll see kind of how the Cavs approach this. But I I am fascinated by this. I'm very ready for it to be here. No, I'm I'm, really I'm just ready. very ready. I'm ready for it to be here too, and I'm also ready to save some money when I need to tune up my car. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. 
So if you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, vehicle, minivan, you name it. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box, they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. All right, Evan, uh, let's do some mailbag. We've we've got a bunch of great questions from loyal Lockdown Cavs listeners. Uh, they, one one trolley question from Locked On Thunder host Rylan Styles, which that 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 was a he threw he he pulled the pin on a hand grenade and expects me to lay on it like Steve Rogers. Yes. All right. First one comes from Pool underscore Boyo. Would the Cavs pass up on someone like Jalen Green? And I'm going to add Jalen Suggs to this as well because Colin Sexton is currently here. You go first. Absolutely not. The Cavs are in a rebuild for a reason. They need to accumulate talent, and the way they can do that best is through the draft. If the organization believes Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs are one of the two top options for them, Sands, Cade Cunningham, or Evan Mobley, like none of these players should deter Cleveland from selecting them because the Cavs aren't in the position yet to be saying, you know what, let's draft for fit. No, you're drafting for best player available every single time, and I still think you do that no matter what because team the team building ethos is weird it can sometimes be a little clunky clunky i mean if you had like a lebron james or luka Doncic, that changes the calculus entirely but if you're cleveland you acquire these players no matter who they are and then you figure it out from there i agree i i don't think they're at a spot where they can pick away from stuff right like i and i i, oh, like, no. I think someone like jalen green like even if you like say even if you want to argue that there's like some overlap between him and sexton right like, and I, mm. I don't think that's like totally unfair in terms of like you maybe saying like there is some overlap here. What I will say is that Green is like a big creator and Sexton just is not. No, he's not. And that's just the, the, the thing there, that the, there is just a there's just a difference there, right? Like there is just a difference in terms of how they're approaching that and how you would build. Uh, There's just a difference in how you can build with a big creator like that. If you have a six, six creator, it just offers you a little bit more because if you have that, they can see over defenses. They can navigate some of this stuff a little bit better. Like Sexton can be like, maybe your number two, your number three kind of guy in that sense. But like, if you can have that a, your a plus shot creator is big. It is just a structural advantage to offense. The NBA, I don't necessarily even love that. That is like a thing that, um, is always the case, right? Like, I don't necessarily even feel like I, I, I love that. Like this, like we can get very homogenous with this kind of stuff, but I do just think it's just the reality of it. And if like, you can get Jalen green and you think he can be your number one scoring option, and like I think he also is a different kind of score in terms of his ability to to pace the game out and and I don't know he has the like the playmaking feel that you sort of maybe need at the highest highest level but like there, there's just a lot of upside there as a scoring wing that I think you you can't pass up I I like again the Cavs yeah. are not good this isn't like this is a good team that's like being picky and luck like lucked into a high pick because of lottery luck or like bad inj- injuries in a weird season or whatever like this is just a bad basketball team that can't be picky. Like they maybe can no. get to like playoff playing or playoff hunting next year. We'll see. I, I need to see some, there's some changes and some moves that I think um, would need to be made, but like this isn't a good team and that's just the reality of it. Yeah, no, it pretty much is. And like Kevin O'Connor has a really 
well put together, just like big board. And he says Jalen Green has shades of Zach Levine, Brad Beal, and Malik Monk. Not he's saying he's saying he's not going to be any of those players. He's Jalen Green, but that's who he reminds him of. And Jalen Green's oozing with potential. It's just Cavs need to be patient and give him some polish. And I think the luxury of having Sexton is you can bring Green along slowly as a six man or coming off the bench for the Cavs. And once he starts to blossom and reach his apex, that's when you make that tough decision and say like, okay, Colin, what do we do with you? Because like Chris said, if they truly believe Jalen Green is worthy of this top pick that they're going to take because they are so bad and they are going to be in this position, um, take it. You swing for it. You don't, you don't second guess yourself. And every draft changes the team building ethos as well. Like I, I'm sure like Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley are the two biggest names coming into this draft this time last year, this draft class, I should say. And I think Jalen Green was a fringe option, but he's really cemented himself because of the Ignite program. And like the NBA has a lot of familiarity with him. Like you go with it and you don't look back. Um, ditto for Jalen Suggs. Um, I like Jalen Suggs a lot. I think he has a lot of interesting fits with this Cavs team. Um, Dave Zavak pointed this out as well. Like, he was recruited from a couple to a couple big programs, but he chose Gonzaga, even though like Gonzaga is a bigger name program. It's still considered a mid major and it's not like a marquee program. Like he didn't care about that. He just wants to go there and play hoops. And um, I don't know, like KOC has Jalen Suggs with shades of Brandon Roy, Chauncey Billups, Jamal Murray, like, those types of players would be perfect on the Cavs too, because he can play off ball. He can provide perimeter scoring. And most importantly, he can provide defense and playmaking, which is just such a dire need for the Cavs right now. And like Jalen Suggs would make things really clunky and awkward, especially with Darius Garland. But like, I think a Garland Suggs backcourt could work. I think a Suggs Sexton backcourt could work. I think if you really want to get freaky with it, you could play all three at the same time and go super small. Um, I don't know. I'm not opposed to picking Suggs either. Like, like I said, the Cavs cannot be too picky if they land third or fourth and it's Jalen Suggs on the board at that point and let's say like Jalen Green's gone and they just do not want Evan Mobley at all for some reason which is still absurd to me like you take Suggs still and you don't yeah, look back I, I, I think that's a good way of putting it if the Cavs overthink this and don't take someone because they have someone already well whoever it is like Sex or someone else like that's that's just like uh that's just bad roster building I think in my mind and we talked about this with Justin too like Jared Allen's only like the sh- and people thumb their nose at Jason Lloyd, but he's right. Um, Jared Allen's like the only safe bet to be a star on this roster long-term. So yeah, we'll see where even that goes. Okay. So quick question here, Connor Dickinson, Connor at five standard Luca. That's it. That's the question. So here's my question. He's not getting traded, but Evan, how many picks did you give up for Luca Doncic? If you knew he wanted, he said, Hey, I want to come to Cleveland. What's too much to give up for Luca. Uh, I don't think there's too much you can give up for Luca because that's a, LeBron level prospect that is asking to be traded. Um, it's like Giannis demanding a trade out of Milwaukee if they don't fire Mike Budenholzer on the spot after the playoffs. But um, I don't know how many picks were given up from this is James Harden trade. I use that as my baseline. I guess is the latest superstar it's to be lot. moved. I think it was like it was a lot, but it's going to be something of that caliber. Like Cleveland's going to mortgage their entire future for Luca. And I know some folks in the Cavs fan base think Colin Sexton's already better, but I would trade all four players from these young core and mortgage the entire future for Luca. And then 
just watch it happen. Watch it work out because Luca is the best player from that draft class, and he is going to be the best player in the league yeah. in right. no time at all. All right, so today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoffs, we'll be back after this break, but today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoffs or finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It is only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Evan, right now we're watching Joel Embiid on a torn meniscus throttle the Atlanta Hawks. Kevin Durant played one of the greatest games I've ever seen a player play um, the night before against Milwaukee. And like, we're just in some stuff. Well, dude, when he hit that three-pointer, I'm just like, first off, I, I felt Milwaukee's pain. Texted front of the pod tied windish and said, I know that feel all too Thank well. I, the, but, the, um, the best shot I've ever seen in person was still KD hitting the game winner, the, the game stealing shot in game three over LeBron is still the coldest shot I've ever seen a, a person hit in a live basketball game. So KD on one, Joel Embiid on one. The playoffs, folks, they're good. It's been fun. I just want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. So Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about they are fa- their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. My favorite flavor right now, I got to go with the mint brownie. I also had some of the cookie dough chunk ones left from an order, and uh, I ate my last one like two days ago, and I was extremely sad about it because cookie dough protein bars that are good are like just catnip for 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 uh for a growing human here at 20 year old but not only are built bars the best tasting they're healthy too 17 grams of protein 130 calories only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs in the most bars order today get that raspberry or that mint brownie or whatever you like go to builtbar.com promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order again promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com all right, Evan, let's answer some more questions here. We'll get two more in this last segment. Any ones we don't get into, perhaps we will save them for a future mailbag that we'll do at some point uh, down the line. Um, oh, keep, keep your questions coming, folks. Yeah, it's we'll switch in off-season mode at some point and do less seconds <laughs> per week, but we're, here's where we're at. Okay, so um, Joe K yeah. at Stowe Center 93, a.k.a. Birdman, asked, based on current evidence, would you call Kobe, and he spelled Kobe wrong, by the way, I just want to point this out. I saw K O B E is Kobe Bryant. K O B Y is Kobe so, Altman. So, would you call Kobe good at managing the NBA draft? Okay. I'm giving him an incomplete. I'm I'm punting my answer. I am giving him a B. I'm giving him a solid B because the Darius Garland pick is looking a lot better because Darius had a strong finish to his sophomore season and had a strong sophomore season and bounced back year overall. Um, the Kevin Porter Jr. pick, considering it was 30th overall, and the Cavs gave up four second rounders in cash considerations, the best player in trade history to the Pistons to get KPJ. Um, yeah, he's not with the team anymore, so you, you have to knock the Cavs a little bit for that, but still, it's a really good pick and really good scouting on Kobe's part. Kobe was fundamental in getting Jetty Osmond, which I know Jetty's not everyone's favorite player, but... Yeah, either way. But like the Sexton pick was good for eighth overall. And I don't know. Kobe's done a pretty good job scouting and drafting. I, I have faith in his ability. I'm interested to see what he would do if he had a first or second. Or it's not the first pick, so that's Cade. But if he had two or three, I'm intrigued to see what he does with that. Because either he can galaxy brain that thing or he makes the right pick. And we say, so, okay. 
Good job. You know, Brandon Weems, Mike Gainsey, there's a bunch of other folks that deserve credit um, because this is like a collective effort. I think sometimes like we we do this. I think everyone does this. We subscribe blame and credit to like one person in a front office when it's like much like that person is just sort of the public face of it all. That I just don't feel like we have like an actual read on like certain things to some degree. Right. And I, I just don't know if we've ever gotten like what I feel is like genuine explanation for thinking of things like everything just feels like a sales pitch. And like that color, that colors my ability to sort of discern oh, yeah. this. Um, and again, it's just been such a weird two years. I'm like just willing to yeah. just like figure it, like give him another year until I like grade it. Like a core, the Okora pick will understand much better a year from now. We will understand Garland much better a year from now. Like this, this year will tell us about um, a lot of things like how this rookie and how that, how they sort of, contribute um well this offseason will tell us if it comes to it how they feel about colin yeah. sexton financially so there's a lot of things we're about to find out draft wise at the Cavs. yeah that's right okay so uh we'll end on this mark schindler at mark schindler in the nba asked what are you most looking forward to about next season oh boy my honest answer is sitting in the press box with you again. Hopefully the Cavs sit us next to each other. Chris and I have not seen each other since March of last year at a Cavs game. Um, 2019, so two years ago, actually. So has it been that long or is it March 2020? March March 2020. Oh, my God. Okay, so it's been a year, but time is relative and just a blur in this covid filled land i know it's we're getting vaccinated but it's not going away so don't give me that spiel wear a mask kpj would still be a cav if you did but um yeah no sitting next to you in the press box again like that's what i'm most looking forward to and um yeah it probably will have plexiglass barriers and i'll have to tease you oh i don't i don't even think we're gonna plexiglass barriers i think it's just we're just gonna have like a relatively looking normalish I was really going to bring like a stack of post-it notes and like taunt you during the game, just slap it on your plexiglass barrier and just like tease you the entire time that way. But um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I don't uh, locker room interaction to interacting with the coaches, like the whole, I don't know. There's something fun about going to rocket mortgage field house and like, yeah, I'm absolutely dead the next day. Cause I'm there till two o'clock in the morning, but there's something fun about the experience the whole time. And I miss it. i really, I really do. Um, hmm. what am I? I think that that's that's number one. I think just being like around other humans in that kind of space, um, is being able to like, talk basketball with someone because my girlfriend doesn't do sports and she tries her hardest, but she's just like, I it's like you're speaking a foreign language right now. I'm like, that's fair, yes. Um, I just want to see how the, I just frankly seeing how this plays out will also just be like worth all of it yeah yeah right like i just think like how it unfolds will just be like sort of like a storyline in and of itself yeah i think that's like a an assessment i just like it's just gonna be like a journey that like is gonna shape a lot of what the next couple of years is gonna be like i think i generally think this offseason next year is a transition year for the franchise. it's a pivotal year for the franchise in a lot of ways i think it is maybe the most consequential year for the franchise since 2018 I don't know if that's like a hot take, but like I'm sort of there, I think. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Like, I mean, yeah, the summer of 2018 definitely sucked because LeBron left and it was the nail in the coffin of that era. But, um, 
Yeah, no, this is a pretty important offseason for the Cavs, especially for Kobe Altman. And I gathered this and I shared my thoughts in my grand return to twitter.com today. Um, Kobe's probably going to be on a shorter leash too. So we might see some win now moves this offseason that the Cavs make while all while trying to stay somewhat to the course of his vision. So I'm intrigued to see where that goes as well. That's something I'm looking forward to because the team building process and the draft process is one of my favorite parts of basketball is like watching how a team builds and constructs itself like the Pistons were insane at one point last year and i loved every move they made and they're the worst one of the worst teams in basketball this year but they are a lot more compelling than they were before the offseason last year and i had a lot of fun watching that evan we'll end on i'm gonna ask you this what player are you most excited to see play next year in general or on the Cavs? in general or on the Cavs? Well, we are having technical difficulties because you were muted, but um, that's fine. Um, we'll wrap it up here, and Chris will just have to silently nod with me in agreement. The player I'm looking most forward to seeing play next year is Isaac Okoro because, like I said, if he tightens up his handle and he improves his jump shot even a little bit, the Cavs have something there offensively because they had him playing a lot of backup point to finish the season last season because of injuries and everything else. And he did pretty well at it. And I don't know. I'm intrigued to see where it goes from there. And Chris, you are back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My answer is also as a good Um, I, I just think he could be a lot of things in year two. Yeah. He could be like, there's just so much, there's just so many possible outcomes for him. Like it is, it is not quite like Dr. Strange on Mars being like, uh, first off, it's on. It's on Was Titan. Sorry, I just so today I read Planet Size X Men, and there's like a big thing on Mars in that book, and like Josh Link, if you're listening, um, you know. But I I think it's Isaac Okoro, and it's not quite like Doctor Strange as like the meme of like the bajillion different realities or whatever. But I I think it is as close as you could get to that right like it is he's the guy with that i feel most sort of like could be he could be the same thing he could have like slightly worse be slightly worse in some way or he could take like a big leap or a moderate leap like i just feel like everyone else has sort of like have a clear peg and a clear like expectation of of improvements or, or what like what could slide just sort of um by virtue of things happening that way okoro could just be like anything no that's that's it's hundred percent right. You know what? Can I give you? Can I give you my, my hot take answer? Is also Kevin Love because I just don't know if he, if he does. I just like don't. I, I my opinion is like get rid of him at this point. Like it's better for everyone. But like if he doesn't get moved, and I don't hundred percent think it's a lock that he does. Um, what he looks like next year, and like it for a lot of different reasons that are not all his fault. Really, I think it'll just be really fast. No, it's, it really will for sure. I'm intrigued to see what goes on with Kevin as well, and. I don't think it's really a hot take. I think you and I are in agreement that um, the Cavs, it's better. It's best for the Cavs. They move on. What I'm also intrigued by is all the unreleased music. Former Cleveland Cavalier Andre Drummond has. Uh, I hope folks spam the comments. Okay. I'm glad glad you brought. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because this is one of the, the, this guy, I I had it in my notes. I just scrolled down. I'm like, Oh yeah. The Drummond music thing. Let me pull up the post real quick. That, that post made me feel like this. Uh, made me feel like Baby Yoda Jokerfied. Uh, he ate the Joker fish, and Baby Yoda became this. Like when he ate that slug, this is season three of Mando. 
I hope it's season three, man. On that note, Evan. On that note. Have a good weekend, everyone. We're going to get out of here. Have a good weekend. Be well. See ya. See ya Monday. Also, bye. Happy fifth year anniversary of the 2016 Cavs. Pew, pew, pew. We'll talk about a lot of that next week, I think. Or And go check out our past book club episodes on uh, Return of the King by Wynn Norton and McMenamin. Great book. Great time. See you Monday.